Breaking through with Olam. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is jam hot. This is jam hot. Hi. I'm Olam and welcome along to podcast number five, where I'll be interviewing a DJ producer duo called Groove Mode, who despite being making some serious waves on the house scene, have only been collaborating together for a little over two months. But first, a little bit of an update on my journey from bedroom DJ to international DJ. My podcast series seems to have been met with me achieving a top 10 ranking on the iTunes chart. I may have even sneaked into the top five. So for that... I want to say a big, big thank you to you all. You are the reason it is there and I am blessed for your support. If any of you are listening have suggestions on content or would like to appear on the show yourself, drop me a line at info at djolem.com. This podcast is for you all and I want to give you the best content possible. You may have also noticed from my socials that things are beginning to look a little bit more professional to the eye. If you recall... In episode 4, I interviewed Luke Curtis about the importance of an EPK and consistency across all socials. Over the last few weeks, I've been working with some people to get the brand of Olim professional and consistent. Firstly, of course, it was the pictures that Luke took are now visible across all my social platforms, such as my Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Mixcloud, Soundcloud and my website, djolim.com. I have also had professional biographies written by Get Booked Academy Community Manager Andrew Gibson, who painstakingly was able to bring out the raw qualities of Olim. Lastly, and equally important as all the others, is Ed Shepherd, a graphic designer who also works out of London. He worked with me to provide a logo for my brand. All of that has now been incorporated into a brand on which Olim will deliver consistent and relevant content. This has been possible by me being a member of the DJ Growth Lab who have a conference on the 8th of December in Birmingham. Listening to this advert now for full details before I interview both Dave Earl and Los Ball of Groove Mode. Hope you enjoy. Are you a DJ that struggles to get bookings? Do you keep sending tracks to labels and never get replies? Do you find it hard to stand out from the crowd? Do you struggle to keep on top of your social media marketing? You're not alone. This is the reason Danny Savage and Roger Sanchez set up the DJ Growth Conference. The DJ Growth Conference 2018 will be held in Birmingham, UK on Saturday, December the 8th, an internet 250 capacity venue where you will be in front of a star-studded lineup of music industry experts and world-class DJs to share knowledge, host workshops and answer your questions. Speakers and teachers will include one of the godfathers of house, the S-man, Roger Sanchez, industry standard equipment providers, Pioneer DJ, leading tech house producer, Houseworks, the legend that is, Brandon Block, marketing guru, Dan Meredith, data transmission founder, Graham Farmer, the UK's number one DJ photographer, Luke Curtis, radio presenter and on-air founder, Nat Rich, Rainbow Venues booker and talent finder, Lee McDonald, and your host, Danny Savage. They will cover all the topics from our five P's to get booked process and show you what you need to do to take your DJ career to the next level. Covering personal growth, production, performance, profile, and pitch. 
We're also hosting an exclusive members-only after-party at Rainbow Celador Nightclub in Birmingham, where you could be playing. All ticket holders will get to enter our DJ competition to win a set with the DJ Growth Lab DJs. We're looking for 10 DJs to play at the night. For more information, visit djgrowthconference.com. Ticket prices will go up in price, so make sure you reserve your spot now. Also, if you buy your tickets in November, you will get a free DJ press photo taken at the event by expert DJ photographer Luke Curtis to use on your social media pages. You will also get free copies of our brand new ebooks on social media, logic, Ableton, and productivity. DJ Growth Conference, Saturday, 8th of December in Birmingham. Visit djgrowthconference.com now. So I'm sat here with Groove Mode, a duo made up of Dave Earl and Loz Ball. Guys, could you just tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you came to be? Do you want to take that one first, Loz? Right, so yeah, I grew up listening to blues and jazz, um, started playing guitar and listening to metal, then went to college, got into like things like drum and bass. That's where really where my kind of like proper journey into um, dance music really started. Um, from there, I kind of DJed all around the, the UK um, at different clubs, mainly kind of free party music and um, heavier bass music. Um, and then after this, I got sick of working my job, so I decided to jack it all in and go to uni. And I spent like the next three and a half years kind of learning, really learning production, like a lot more than I had done. I delved into it a bit, but kind of really kind of like pursuing it, pursuing it. So that's where I really got into house music. And that's where um, my other alias, New Lab, started, which was more kind of bass house. And that kind of developed as I got into groovier, techier stuff into a label, which is just a kind of condensed version of my name. Um, label? Which, what, What's that short for? Um, so I didn't really think Lawrence Bull worked as a house name. Um, and then it was just kind of like trying to find a multitude of things. And then um, my middle name's Albert. So Lawrence Albert Bull, shortened the whole lockdown label. Um, so I thought that worked quite well. Um, basically, yeah, this is Dave Earl. You know, I started in nightclubs on my 18th birthday, collecting glasses. Um, got to know the DJs, resident DJs at the time. Went and bought some decks, got a little bit cocky. You know, I had a few weeks behind me with the decks, got a little bit cocky and told the DJ I knew how to DJ and I was going to be the next big thing, which he then dragged me into a nightclub that had 2,000 people playing on a Saturday night and give me a, um, a sink or swim. So, and you know, I managed to mix. I made some people dance. And from then on, he... Um, he took me on as a warm-up DJ and then he started his own DJ agency, you know, uh, two of the DJs together started their own DJ agency, which um, if you don't mind me name dropping, two of my biggest inspirations are Richard McCaspin and Bruce McLean. Um, so from there on, they taught me the industry inside out. I got into house music, you know, from a very early age, from 18. And basically, they they then put me out all around the country and sent me out as far as DJing in Jersey. Um, and then, you know, it's just grown from there. In 2009, I started producing. I realised I had to produce to kind of get further within the scene. And, you know, that from there on, I've learned, learned, 
as much as I can off my own back and, you know, being in studios and big DJs as well, just and producers to learn how they do it. And that's where I am. Okay. Uh, so what were some of the main challenges and goals when you were starting out as a producer and how have they changed for you over time? Uh, yeah, you know, your main goals as a producer, you know, are radio play, you know, support from other DJs, support from big DJs. Um, some of the challenges are finding, you know, finding time to produce music as much as you want to do around, you know, around work or being in full-time education or, you know, DJing late at night. So, you know, you're not available early mornings to have full days on stuff. But you, you just have to literally put everything you've got, every time you've got, every little spare minute you've got into adding little things to your tracks, you know and bring it all together that way so and another thing you know creative block can be a huge challenge that you've kind of got to get over as well you know but it's not as easy as people say but you do eventually get through it and that's one of the challenges the biggest challenges people meet so as a producer what about yourself Lars? then so what were some of the challenges and uh, goals that you had to face when you were starting out I think the main the main goals you really want is just to get radio play support for DJs. That's kind of um, the main thing you really want to get, and then you can progress further once you're getting supported by those artists and that. Um, but the challenges, I think, especially for early producers, is finding the time to produce music. Like, for example, if you're working a full time job or a uni full time DJing at the weekends, you know, you add all of that time up, it gives you a little hell of a lot less time to be creative. Um, so you just need to figure out workarounds. So, for example, being able to take your studio on the road with you wherever you go, you know, and every five, ten minutes you get spare, just whacking your laptop out and doing something is always a good thing to do. Right, cool. So what is it about producing for you, Pair, that you, uh, let, let's say, compared to DJing, that makes it more interesting for you? Well, I think they both have the merits, DJs and producing. They're both completely different things, aren't they? Um, but for producing, for me, it's like I, I can just get lost in my studio for hours and hours and end. Um, you know, when something good's like really kind of getting made as well, like you, you don't even notice that, you know, 10 hours could have gone sometimes, you know, without with just uh, in your own little world. It's great. You know, just finding new sounds within music as well that you know nobody's made you know a bit of sound design and producing your own sound so it's something completely different into your own track it can be such a big buzz as well so you know that's what i like about it compared to djing you know you're playing other people's music as well as your own but when you're making your own music you can be as creative as you want and use whatever sounds you want so you know it, it just gives it that unique touch what I was picking up on uh, is uh, a little bit about discipline with regards to producer. I mean, you mentioned earlier about how uh, you can just get lost in the studio. So, I mean, if you wouldn't mind telling me a little bit about your, your day-to-day -day life, you know, possible routines that you, you individually may have, you know, from getting up in the morning to going to work because, you know, you're both working guys. So what I'm trying to understand is how you fit your uh, producing in around your busy schedules. Um, well, for me, I like my my work schedule is completely erratic, so I'll I'll get up at different times every day because my start time changes every day for my like real job, which is driving for Mercedes. So, you know, it, I can get up at four sometimes, and then I'll just get up, make a cup of tea, have some water, maybe ram a slice of toast down my neck, and then get off. Um, 
and I'll always I mean, take my laptop with me. Do you drop any more brand names in there? I mean, you mentioned Mercedes. Nice little plug for them. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are we eating Marmite and our toast? Or, you know? Strawberry jam, mate. Tesco's own brand. Oh, come on. It could be Robertson. <laughs> come on. So what, what about yourself, Dave? I mean, what does your typical day look like? My typical day, I mean, I work part-time during the day. Um, I mean, it has all just turned around in my favour. Like, you know, I've, I've, where I work, I've just been made redundant. But that ties me, you know, allows me the freedom to now just be a full-time producer and, you know, and, and a DJ. But, yeah, so I, I will literally from January just be DJing and producing as well. So my, my day, you know, I get up, I go to work, I go to the gym. Uh, I come home, I, you know, on a Monday we do our web chats that we do, you know, to give back a little bit to advise yeah. new and upcoming producers and DJs. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and my days off, but there's the nights DJing in between that as well. So, you know, in those days off, I go to the gym again, I produce music and then my weekend is hectic. I go I go to work on the night, I wake up in the morning at nine, I'm back at work, I come home, I have a sleep, I go back out DJing, and I repeat that constantly all weekend. So it's not an easy life, but it's one I wouldn't change. Right. Well, one thing that, you know, is particularly important for me, you know, with the journey that I'm on is about the work-life balance. So, you know, the pair of you, what do you do for fun outside working on music so out, totally outside in the music, music industry what is it that you guys like to do that you know just brings balance to it all i like to drink nice <laughs> i've got some hobbies i like to snowboard i like to read um i'll do a lot of like kind of watching documentaries and stuff like that um and then yeah just go and socialize with your friends get out like leave the house this is very difficult when you're like sat in a car for like 10 hours a day and yeah. then uh, producing music for like three or four hours at the night and then you know that that that's fairly regimented throughout the week for me so at the weekend it is nice to get out and go and speak to people you know what about yourself Dave you know I like I like the good old skiing holiday every now and again as well you know so uh, holidays in general two or three times a year if I can just to reset my mind reset my ears away from music you know um Obviously, the gym's a big part of my life. You know, a little unknown backstory is I was in three car accidents last year that ruined my back and put me off producing for a year. So now I'm back at the gym and it's actually become a hobby getting my, my physical back back in shape, you know. Like, and it's it's literally, I can't get enough of it. You know, the, the, the stronger my back gets as I'm doing more work on it, you know, so, it, it, to me. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite sporty myself, so... Uh... Do, do you find that, you know, doing sports, you know, the endorphin release helps with your uh, creative side of your DJing as well and producing? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I go to the gym and I'll run 12 kilometres each time I go. I, you know, some people that's nothing, but it, it's a huge, you know, and the, the release, that endorphin release and how relaxed you feel. You just come home and you can jump on your computer Fire up Ableton or Logic if you're uh, Lozzy. He hates Ableton. Um, and then, and then, yeah, you just do seem to be a lot more creative. Right. You know, you know that's sports are a good place. You know, you to get that extra, 
a little bit of extra creativity from those endorphins, you know. So, it's, yeah, it's good. Awesome. I'm not saying that you, you have to be a sport or gym bunny to be a producer or DJ. There's... You can drink alcohol like well. <laughs> Yeah. And, and still be an able producer yeah okay yes yeah there is, there is brands that. of beer that you want to plug at this point Lars I mean <clears throat> today's session is sponsored by Bud right okay Bud Light okay. are you drinking Bud Light again yeah you can follow Olam on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and listen on SoundCloud Mixcloud and iTunes. What well, well, that's essentially done up to this point is giving us a bit of a backstory about you two as a, as an individual uh, artist. So what what I'd like to explore now is a little bit about the the Ibiza retreat that you both went on. I mean, you know, we're gonna have some people perhaps listening to that uh, to this podcast that aren't aware of you know the, the circumstances that you two came together. So if you just want to take us a little bit about uh, sorry, if you want to take us uh through what happened with Ibiza you know uh you know any stories that you want to share about that then just go for it um yeah so we met in Ibiza about eight weeks ago roughly um and yeah we, we were on a production retreat that was ran by a guy called Dolly who doesn't really need any kind of introduction and um yeah that's where we met and we were doing a bit of back-to-back DJing and we just kind of had enjoyed each other's vibe and each other's energy. Um, we both had such similar kind of tastes in what we were playing at that time. Um, that yeah, that we just thought we'd give a duo a shot, man. Because uh, we've also both got that background of production, you know. So we thought if if we're playing, if we've got that synergy together between being able to play music, we're going to have that synergy together between making music as well. So we just decided that, you know, we can DJ together. We know that we both established producers. You know, what is there to lose by actually trying to put something out there as a duo, you know? And and we've got to say fair play to Danny Savage himself, you know, for organising these DJ slash producer retreats that he does. And, you know this is where people can go and meet somebody of a similar mind, you know? Um, And then, you know, this kind of thing can come from it. I don't think anyone was expecting this to come from it, but least of all me, I was like... How did you come up with the name Groove Mode then? (laughs) (laughs) We've got stories about that one. Uh, Do you want to share a quick one or...? Yeah, sure. Well, we we basically... So we were at the retreat and there was... We decided we were going to be a duo and we decided we need a name. So a couple of the guys being comedians like they are, they they decided, well, we were firstly going to go with Loz and Dave, a bit of a play on the word Chaz and Dave. But then, you know, a couple of people didn't like that. And then fortunately, well, sorry, unfortunately, one of Chaz and Dave passed away recently. So we thought that would be a bit, bit of an insensitive kind of way to go so then we were also gonna have the the dodgy funny shirts like salado wear and we came up with a, a spoof name of salero <laughs> so we were, we, we were gonna be salero 
and then we got advised against that one as well. So a couple of comedians that were in the in the group with us, they were trying to come up with everything that had Dave in it. It was like there was a million names with the word Dave in it. Uh, well, the one he does to be yeah. Dave Mode, the one he does to be Dave Mode. Honestly, there was a million different names. And then we, I mean, I can't even remember how we decided on Groove Mode. It was, God, when we got back, weren't it? Yeah, I think it was getting to the point where we needed a name. Um, it was going to be Code and Label, just using my current DJ name. But everyone said that sounded too techno. So, yeah, yeah. I think eventually... I can't remember. It was just one night, and we just said, "Right, that's it." That's. I think we were both sick of thinking of names. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'd come up with that, and it was the closest thing. So we're like, "That is us." Like we are groove mode, um, and it stuck. And then when we saw the logo come through, it, it it just yeah, groove mode was us, wasn't it? It was we we are groove mode, like so. So I mean, you're bursting onto the scene at the moment. I mean, anybody that's been following you, particularly through. Uh, your socials and that of of uh, seen as of yesterday, which you know was the eighteenth uh, of uh, November, is that you know Groove Mode launched themselves onto the scene through the you know their social media, and you, you know you're pretty consistent across all your platforms. So, you know, how much effort did that take to you know to get involved, you know, get that up and running? I think getting them up and running is the easy thing. It's staying relevant is the hard thing. Staying consistent creating content that actually people want to look at every day is going to be the trickier thing. And luckily we've had a few weeks of being able to create content and we've got a lot to say about our story and things that are coming up. That means we are going to be able to put out bits of content every day that are relevant and hopefully that are things that people will want to actually see. Okay. Um, so with regards to the consistency of your content, I mean, what, what platforms are Groove Mode uh, utilising to the benefit? I mean, where do you guys see in, you know, this current state of uh, DJ producing as being the critical platforms for people to use? Uh, I mean, I've always been a big advocate that Instagram is probably the biggest promotional tool that you can use at the moment. Um Just purely because you can tag as many people as you want. You're not limited with words. You, you know, it's, it's it's the it's probably one of the second. Well, YouTube's the second biggest kind of search engine on the planet at the moment. But I'd say Instagram's probably the third. If you want to know something, you search people. You search in Instagram. You want to find somebody. Inst. Uh, I mean, Facebook paid promotion as well is a phenomenal tool as well. The amount of people you can reach. You know, it's the both huge. I mean, Twitter. Don't take our word for this, but we've deemed it for us a bit of a dead platform, right? Yeah. Um, a bit of a dying kind of thing. So we we're not bothered <clears throat> for Twitter. You know, we're we're utilizing SoundCloud for our music as well, and then we we're gonna put stuff on YouTube as well. So yeah. we're gonna use the main four really. Um, Mixcloud as well. Because I'm finding Instagram shit, you know, and there doesn't seem to be. You know, established DJs that are, you know, basically posting uh, without being, you know, sort of condescending of them, you know, just telling you about the daily, you know, uh, events that they're getting up to. Twitter seems to be quite good for those followers, but anybody who's, you know, quite quite active regards to the the sort of the activities that they're doing, Instagram seems to be all over it at the moment. You know, there's quite a wide 
uh, wide reach with regards to Instagram. And the way that platform, for you know, particularly for me, is set up is you have the ability to, to post on Instagram and then it's sort of like firing it out to your Facebook page. And, you know, it, it tends to have a, a, a far wider reach, do you not find? Yeah. Like, yeah. Different, different tools like Facebook and that, they all have different kind of strategies that you need to attack them with you know they're completely different kind of target audiences that you'll be running them on like facebook is now going a little bit more kind of not family orientated that's the wrong word but a bit more they're trying to get rid of some of the oversaturation of um you know like companies using it so instagram's going to be better for that but then you know facebook might be better for us to target to people we actually know and stuff like that so you just got to You've got to approach each different one with a different strategy and they'll all be better at doing different things. Right. Okay. So what what I'm getting now is that I'm getting this, this sort of coalescing uh, nature that Groove Mode seems to have. So what I want to delve into a little bit at the moment is, you know, particularly for myself as a solo producer, I kind of sit down and I'm able to roadmap where I want to go and, you know, my particular style and direction. But how do you guys uh, handle this issue? You know, how, how do you perhaps settle those differences in particular ideas? Um, we haven't had any differences as such yet. Um, so I'm sure it will happen. But when it does happen, we will cross that bridge. I mean, the, the only differences we've had, we've had small ones, haven't we? You know, we've made tunes individually. We've got an EP already made. Um, and Loz has made one and I've made the other. So we've, we've not sat in the actual studio together with them at the moment. So we've just, I've made one, he's made the other. And when I was making one that we've got coming out, um, he, he originally said to me, I don't like that bass line. And I was just like, you know what? He doesn't like the bass line. We're working together. We're, we are groove mode. Get rid of it, changed it. And I, within that, I actually came up with something a million times better that actually drove the track forward better. Okay. So, you know, so it was just that open-mindedness of like, right, he doesn't like it. So at the end of the day, we've both got to be happy with what we're we're producing together and putting out under the joint name. So he doesn't like it, boom, it's gone. That's quite refreshing to hear because, you know, that's probably going to be one of the... uh, contributing factors to your success there you know is the ability to sort of brainstorm collectively and come up with what's best for the brand so you know that, that's quite nice to hear and you know something that i'm going to bear in mind on my own uh, journey so what one thing i haven't touched on yet and or perhaps you guys haven't touched on is is groove mode you know what's the genre of music that you guys are you know producing um so we make um mainly kind of groovy tech house with a bit of a tribal twist um, but we're also delving into disco house um, and and just straight up disco as well. Um, but yeah, it's what naturally fits with us. So it's what we were playing in Ibiza together. It's what drew us together. So you know, it, it makes sense to carry on with that kind of tribal and tribal inspired tech housey stuff that we both kind of kind of um, grew together with. We do like a good uh, bongo and a tom tom, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we we we're into a little bit of that, like. So, you know, yeah, that, that kind of techy, groovy, that just groovy tech house is, is what, like, like Loz says, is what what that synergy was about when we first played back-to-back in Ibiza. 
so you know it'd be rude not to carry that on wouldn't it really <laughs> so, so uh, as you're both aware i need to provide details within this podcast of the competition i'm running so uh we'll just take, take a quick pause there while i go through it all so the competition details are quite easy first of all you're listening to this podcast so you've hit objective number one the second objective is to subscribe to this podcast so you can follow me in further podcasts and lastly to win that special prize email me at info at djolem.com and put in the subject title competition in the body of the email put your name and telephone number so winners can be notified the competition will be open to the 10th of december where i will pick the lucky winner and notify good luck everyone so guys what can we expect from group mode in the next six to 12 months? Plenty more music. And, um, you know, we work constantly. We do work constantly on, on new tracks. You know, like I said earlier, we've got two finished and um, just out for that final polish and mastering. We've got another three slash four pretty much finished as well. Um, and then, you know, we've got gigs planned in, in the UK uh, we're supporting some decent decent DJs. Um, just more gigging, more promoting, more pushing, and just a bigger, better groove mode month on month on month. We're going to literally smash 2019. Yeah, so we've just literally got the news in today that we're going to be supporting Dorley uh, this coming Saturday, the 24th. To be on the same bill as that lot is absolute honour. You mentioned earlier that you're both individual artists so will you be continuing to produce a solo artist and if so what you know what what can we expect from dave earl and label label <laughs> <laughs> oh you condescending bugger <laughs> can answer the fucking question then <laughs> you'll have to cut some of that out I'm going to leave this into the podcast, so answer the question. Well, I'll let you go first, Lars. So you had a piece. Label. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah definitely. Uh, Dave spent an absolute, like, a lot of money and a time and effort recently um, into his new new releases and all of that stuff. It would be silly for him to abandon his, his, um, his own projects, you know? Um, and I still enjoy making bass music, so... And I'll still carry on making it and it'll go under different aliases, one of the many different aliases I've got. Um, but yeah, I think we just, we're enjoying this kind of eight week high of doing stuff together and it seems to be working well. So I think that's where we're both putting kind of maximum energy and effort at the minute into the groove mode thing. It seems like, you know, it's a nice little honeymoon and, you know, I hope it can uh, continues. You know, it's, it's certainly from my own perspective, really good to see because it inspires people, you know, that are up and coming and, you know, uh, aspire to be, you know, producers. So uh, talking about being an established producer, what do you, you know, where do you see the dance music scene going in the next five to ten years? Um, it's yeah, it's going very disco again. It's getting very tribally again, which is good for us, obviously, because we're making just full on tribal. Um, there's probably a bit of an oversaturation of tech house at the minute, but that's kind of going into techno as well. So I don't know. It's kind of anyone's guess, really. I don't know yeah, what to that though. Yeah, it's 
you know, the disco house thing, I think everything will probably head back, swing back towards uh, maybe a head candy kind of vibe. Oh, cool. I think with the disco house and, you know, and the funk and soul side of it all is making its way back into house music. So I think it will all get very vocal, you know, with the rise of like Glitterbox and all that lot and Defected doing their thing. You know, I, I, I think that whole kind of vocal funky thing is going to, funky disco-y kind of house is going to be, is going to reign supreme for a few years. You know, I think tech will go kind of back underground for a little bit, but never go away from the main scene. And obviously the tribal thing is is just blowing up. It will blow up a little bit in Ibiza this year and can only get bigger in Ibiza and your Malias and everywhere next year. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting times for, you know, us, you know, as we dabble in a bit of everything on that. So. Yeah. So, you know, guys, I know you personally and, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying getting to know you a little bit better as, as we're progressing through the various things that we do together. But... What what perhaps people listening to this might not know is that, you know, you, you guys are very much on a journey yourselves, but you're also giving back to upcoming artists. Do you, do you, do you want to perhaps uh, give me, you know, a few moments of your thoughts while you're doing that? Um, yeah, basically, you know, we, we've come up through our different paths, but somebody along the way has, you know, took their time to give back to us and give us their expertise and their advice. So, you know we've taken that and we we do our own you know our own way of giving back you know we we host our own little webinar to up and coming producers in the get booked academy where there's no agenda you know and they can literally just talk about whatever they want whatever side of it is they're struggling with or whatever if there's anything that they really really can't get their head around or you know and, and if we've got the answer we've got the answer but if we haven't you know, some one of the other guys in the group that's chatting may have the answer. So we just do this little collective free for all chat on a Monday night in the get and we advertise it in the Get Booked Academy. The group on Facebook that we're in, yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. So that's you know, the Get Booked Academy run by the, you know, marketing genius Danny Savage. But it just puts it's put eighty odd like minded producers in one place. You know, and, and being men- mentored by Roger Sanchez and Brandon Block and Seth Troxler's to come in and have a chat as well. You know, you just—it's a phenomenal place to be. And you know, the, the the fact that people look up to me and Loz for our experience in the in the industry is—it's absolutely humbling to both of us that we can host these and people people jump on and they want our advice. You know. And it's like I said, it's just a humbling experience and it makes us feel good that we're actually helping other people out as well. That's cool. You know, that's refreshing to hear as well. But uh, also, you know, you both are aware that, you know, I'm working on my own debut track, which is due for release in December, uh, entitled Cash UK. I've been getting some help, you know, obviously I've been getting your opinions and some opinions from, from the people in the group, but... You know, as an individual who's not got the resources, you know, what, where, where do you recommend them going? You know, is, do you, would you advocate them having uh, enrolled onto a course or perhaps following YouTube videos? I think fundamentally the best thing you've got to do is just do, learn, um, experiment, get your door open and play around with it. Um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, the courses can be great, but they can be time consuming and expensive. And YouTube is great as well. But the problem with YouTube videos is you usually just learn how to either do that one thing that he's showing you or he or she is showing you. You don't really seem to actually end up learning the processes that you do by experimenting and actually playing around. So it's it's a long game, music production. Um, and yeah. You know, I, I find courses and stuff, online courses, um, it can go in your in your ears and into your brain short term but you can also sit there and not understand it, what they're doing and why they're doing it because people may not explain that properly as to why they're doing it sometimes these courses don't they don't kind of realize that people that are on a course because they want to learn some of these people may be at the most basic level and they don't always put it in layman's terms that they're that they can understand so you know uh, i mean part of how i went from being a good producer to being where I am now is I sat in a studio with a well-known and established producer called Gort. I mean, he's advertising, you know, that he's willing to take on new people as well. So hit him up if you get the chance. Um, and I literally took everything on board and he, he explained in the terms that I understood of how to get out of music, what I needed to get out of it and why you do what you do. But in terms I could understand so you know it's great if you can if you know somebody that knows a big a big producer if you can get sat in the studio with them while they're doing it or they can help you make a track and teach you at the same time honestly by far the best way to learn okay and uh, a quick one for you dave perhaps a bit of a gratuitous uh, plug on your behalf you've got a track out at the moment and you know i'm not overstating it it is shit i really enjoyed it so you know do you want to tell me a little bit about it um well basically it's it's the soul jacker ep uh, it's a five five track ep um it's out on judas records on beatport as an exclusive at the moment um so, so basically there's two originals from me uh, step for me which was on an abitha album Soul Jacker, which was on a ADE album, both on Judas Records. Both original tracks got supported by BBC Introducing, um, which was a big thing, which helped it gain gain a bit of momentum behind it. Um, and so then I put it out to a, pro- a couple of producers I know, um, remixes and they've done a remix and then the label have added another remixer to it as well so there's like five artists and the label pushing the one thing and it's you know currently at number 33 in the beatport tech house chart so it's which will be all news by the time this uh, podcast gets released you know you'll be in well inside the top 15 if not top 10 well, yeah, I, well, that that's you know, I appreciate that. You know, it, it it's been up to number twenty nine and come down back down to thirty three, but it does seem to yo yo about. So hopefully, it'll take that top uh, spot in that top twenty. But you know, thank you for asking about that. No worries. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, so, can each of you give me your top three tips for being a su- successful producer? Start with you, Lars. Um, yeah. Um... Take the time to learn what you're actually doing. The thing that I touched on earlier would be the kind of the main one. Well, one of the main ones. 
Um, I think a good thing for beginner producers as well is learning to finish tracks. Um, as you can get bogged down trying to finish tracks for a month and this can really stifle your creative time, your creative juices, as it were. And it, you know, it just stops you from learning things if you're, all you're doing is trying to finish the same track for two months. You know, you could be off learning new things, learning new processes, techniques, all of that kind of stuff. And the third one, I think, is probably the most important important one of them all, um, is referencing your music. Um, reference it on as many systems as you can. Um, reference it as many times as you can. And um, reference it against tracks that are of a similar vibe that you want that track to be and are just very well produced tracks. And if you can get your anywhere similar to that, um, then you kind of you're, you're on to a winner, hopefully. Anything you want to add to that, Dave? Um, patience um, is, is the one I've got written down here. Um, tracks, you know, tracks don't always fall into place straight away. You, you know, you, you literally have to, I mean, the one we were producing where I changed the bass line, I loved it, and we loved it, and I, I kept saying to Oz, there's one thing missing, but I can't nail what it is, and I will nail it, but I just can't right now. So you've got to have patience, you've got to know when to walk away for the day, know when to walk away for the day, you know, and come back to a project with a fresh set of ears. Right. So second one is never stop learning new techniques and ways of doing things. Like I said before earlier, new sounds that you can create, you know, that people aren't using or people haven't thought of. Just just keep doing that. You know, there's sometimes I've found I've been doing stuff and I've been taking hours to do it. And then there might be somebody will show me a quicker way of doing it. And you think, well, shit, that's just sped my productions up by a million percent, you know. And then my third one, and this is the one I will stress to everybody the most, produce what you want to produce, what you love making, what, that type of music that really sets your passion on fire and that's what you start making just make that make what you want to make don't get sidetracked by current trends and music that isn't you you know that you're doing it just because you think you should be you should be making it no that's not that's not not the way to produce music it doesn't come from your heart it comes from somebody else's heart, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, so literally, just make what you want to produce, and eventually, you will be on that right path. Right. So, not not in a kinky way. The three of us are now sat in a hot top time machine, and we've gone back in time <laughs> 20, 25 years to. Oh, you're probably about six then, Loz. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? What, you know, what are you guys doing differently now based on all the, you know, the scars and everything else that you've learned on your journey? You know, we're back at a time where you're starting out again. What are you doing differently, guys? I, I regret nothing, so I change nothing. You're only six. You've got nothing to regret. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. My, my biggest regret is, you know, I started learning to produce when I was 29. I would have... I would have gone to university, I'd have studied music production and I'd have started back when I was 21, 22. That's fair enough. But other than that, you guys seem to have done everything you wanted to do. So I'd have carried on playing the trumpet. So I really wish I could still play the trumpet. That's, that's a nice little share. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to um, 
plug a trumpet brand or yeah. is there anything? <laughs> I mean, sure of, you know, plugging, uh, uh, you know, various labels, you know, this podcast can get some sponsorship here, you know. So hi guys, we're Groove Mode. You're listening to through. Uh, you're listening to Breaking Through with Olem. You can follow us on our socials across the board at Activate Groove Mode. Okay, cheers, guys, and thanks for your time. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Please tune in next time. You can follow Olem on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and listen on SoundCloud, MixCloud and iTunes. Tune in for more mixes, playlists, podcasts and this eagerly awaited track.